From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And joining me again today is Doug Sword, who covers tax and appropriations issues for CQ. Thanks for being here again, Doug. Hello, David. So you may be pleased to learn we've decided to talk about something other than the Mueller report, just to give you all a break. And we wanted to take time this week to explain one of the accounting gimmicks that often gets used in the appropriations process that frees up some extra cash that lawmakers can grab each year for their favorite programs without exceeding the spending caps that are imposed by a deficit reduction law. Because it's really a case study in how money is fungible and how spending limits can be evaded. And so the gimmick in question here that we're talking about today is called the Crime Victims Fund. And Doug, you spent some time looking into this for a, for a great story you did. So what is the Crime Victims Fund and, and how is it supposed to be used? Yes, David, the, the fund wasn't originally set up to be a gimmick. It was set up to uh, assist the, the victims of crime with compensation and some assistance programs. It started in 1984, Victims of Crime Act. Originally, it was a very small fund, which took in some collections, settlements of guilty pleas against uh, corporations and some individuals. Uh, but then it grew after that. So pretty straightforward thing. You collect, yes. you collect uh, fees, settlements from courts, from criminal cases. Right. You collect the money and you dole them out to victims to help with any damages they suffered for crimes. Right. And this was a, a federal program, but it based the money went to the 50 states, the District of Columbia, and five U.S. territories that had set up of victim assistance administrators. But, uh, but that money can also be diverted to other programs, right? So how does that work? Well, it couldn't for the longest time because there's only like $60 million going into it a year at first. But that grew, and then the Obama people came along and it exploded, also because of the um, uh, 2008 financial crisis. An awful lot of settlements with banks. This all culminated in, in 2017 when you had the Volkswagen settlement over their emissions stuff and then uh, a, bu- a bunch of bank settlements and $6.7 billion went into the fund in just one year. So they were, they were cashing in on these big court verdicts, I assume, and then the fund piles up with a, a lot of extra money. Yeah, it hit a peak of $13 billion in reserve. Oh, that's some serious money That was some that serious point. money, and that, that's the kind of money that Congress can't really ignore. And right. so instead of spending... It got up to 500, 600, 700 million a year in the uh, early 2000s. Uh, but when they started getting the annual $2 billion influx of money, a bunch of federal programs were created, like a victim notification programs. Uh, there's a victim assistance person in, in all the uh, U.S. attorney's offices. Okay, but those are the, the purposes it was supposed to be for. Then as this fund piles up into the billions, lawmakers find a way to use it for some other things, right? An appropriator can look at this fund and say, okay, it's got a $13 billion balance. Uh, It's a mandatory program. uh, And we are going to put on a four, the highest point was the the cap was uh, uh, Congress said you can spend $4.4 billion of this money on victim assistance programs. And so they can take the difference between the $13 billion and the $4.4 and declare that we're going to restrain ourselves and not spend the f- full 13 and the rest is cost savings and we're going to set that as a budget offset. Meaning it can sense. pay for other programs. 
Yes, it, it was used to fund more than $10 billion in, in added expenditures as an offset in the 2018 budget and the Commerce Justice Science budget. But after the Volkswagen settlement, it, it just sort of started petering out. There aren't as many cases. Uh, the fund only took in $450 million in 2018, and looks like it's going to take in something like that again. Uh, and so the balance is declining, which means the cost savings that Congress can declare every year are declining. They, they only took $7.8 billion uh, for the 2019 budget passed last month. Okay. So to the extent it was sort of a slush fund, the slush fund's getting smaller. Right. A few weeks ago, uh, uh, Senator Leahy, the, the ranking member on Senate Appropriations, took to the floor and he was talking about there's a lack of a budget deal and we're going to go into budget sequestration as mandated by the Budget Control Act. And that's going to, they're going to have to do about $55 billion in cuts for the, uh, uh, for the uh, non-defense discretionary. Yeah, part that's of the because budget. of these spending limits that kick in so they have to cut about right. a huge, about 9, 10% of, of all non-defense spending has to be cut. Unless, we should say, unless they come up with a new bipartisan budget deal to raise these spending caps. Yeah, and bipartisan is not a big word right now. Right. Um, and the, um, uh, Senator Leahy took to the floor to say, hey, besides the $55 billion, we have another $15 billion in, in new problems. We have to pay for a $3 billion census in fiscal 2020. Veterans have a new ability to go to private health care practitioners. That, right. that will be costly. So I think we have to have a two-year budget deal where you have to negotiate now. Uh, if you wait to the very last second to pass these bills, that's going to cost the taxpayers a lot more money because departments can't plan. So these costs are piling up, and the reason this Crime Victims Fund was so convenient is because they could spend that, sort of spend that money without, without technically busting the spending cap. Every single year. Right. Um, so it became this, this convenient gimmick they could use and claim these savings in the Victims Fund that could then pay for other programs. Yeah, and there's a recognition that it's a gimmick. There was a bill last year to, to halt the practice, although it didn't even get so much as a hearing. Because it's, it's why would they want to give up this, this, this useful little It's a very gimmick. convenient tool. And uh, yeah. uh, so it went down to $7.8 billion in 2019, and, and Leahy had taken to the floor and said there, there were going to be a... a we're going to lose some more cost savings ability, and 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 a, and a staffer told me he was referring to two point uh, an estimate that that uh, the the savings the cost savings from the uh, uh, crime victims fund would be about two and a half billion dollars less uh, for the twenty twenty budget, so probably more like five billion instead of close to eight billion than it was. Oh, so it keeps 19, declining. It keeps now. declining. And so as this as this money gets diverted to these other programs, Doug. What happens to the, to the crime victims? Well, the, the thing is, as the awards went up, they started going up uh, in 2009. Uh, after 2009, it was a billion dollars a year or two billion. It was a billion minimum coming into the fund every single year for a fund that had been spending $500 million a year. A few years later, beginning in 2014, uh, Congress uh, and, and the Obama administration started spending a lot more on victims programs. Uh, and it got up to $4.4 billion at one point. There, uh, there were a ton of programs that were launched in, in the middle part of last decade, um, uh, particularly it's not just Victim of Crime Act uh, programs, it's also Violence Against Women Act programs. Uh, a lot of studies on, on why uh, uh, Native American women suffer so much sexual assault on, on tribal lands, all sorts of campus-related studies and programs. Um, it really expanded a lot. And that is probably in danger of uh, getting a funding squeeze. Although, 
at, at the end of the day, it's probably the states that will see the, the funding squeeze. Okay, so crime victims are still getting a lot of this money. It's just yes. that they're not getting maybe quite as much as they could have if, if, if right. uh, some of the money doesn't get diverted to other programs. If more money was still coming in, the, the decision to declare the difference between the, the fund balance and, and the limit on spending is an appropriator's decision that doesn't affect right. what's in the fund. That's just, as you said, and as I would agree, it's a gimmick. Yeah. And do we see any prospect that it's going to go up again? Well, there is a group called the National Association of VOCA Assistance Administrators. Yes, it's an acronym within an acronym. It's the association for the state-level people who administer these, these uh, uh, victim assistance programs. They follow the money very closely because they have to, because it's, it's crucial yeah. to what they do. And, and I'm told by, by their director that the vast majority of money that has come into this fund has been from major cases, $100 million or more. And the only major case on the horizon right now was uh, uh, in November, the Justice Department said that uh, Starkist had agreed to plead guilty for fixing canned tuna prices and pay up to $100 million. So it's not even a guaranteed major case. There that, are doesn't, no, that doesn't compare to the billions that were, that were piling in before. Right? right. Whether it's a difference between the Obama and Trump prosecutions or whether there's just a lull or perhaps uh, you're looking at the Wells Fargo settlement in the Trump administration, a billion dollars, but that didn't go to court. Wells Fargo did not admit to a crime. That went in the Treasury. Uh, to go into the, the Crime Victims Fund, there has to be a conviction. Oh, okay. So that one didn't apply then. Right. Okay, so we don't see any prospect then of this Victims Fund really getting... Replenishing, yes. It seems well, like it's on the decline. And th that was recognized by Congress to a degree in the 2019 budget passed last month when they, they cut the cap down to $3.3 billion on what could be spent on these programs. That was a $1.1 billion cut. Oh, so they're cutting the amount of awards that can be doled out to save some money to spend on these other programs, it sounds like, to spend more money. They're trying, they're trying to keep that balance from, from dissipating. Because otherwise, they have a funding crunch, right? It adds to their problems. Leahy's numbers are correct, then that, uh, uh, it adds about $2.5 billion to this year's fiscal year 2020 budget problem. So we'll be watching what happens to the Crime Victims Fund and how lawmakers deal with some of these stringent spending caps uh, as the fund diminishes. And CQ will be covering it all for you, as always. My thanks again to Doug Sword, our tax and appropriations reporter, for joining me. Thanks, Doug. Thank you, David. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes or find us on Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more budget news, subscribe to CQ.com or visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at RollCall. See you next week.